Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of evil. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 36 on page 383. My heart showeth me the wickedness of the ungodly, that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own sight, until his abominable sin be found out. The words of his mouth are unrighteous and full of deceit. He hath left off to behave himself wisely and to do good. He imagined himself mischief upon his bed, and hath set himself in no good way, neither doth he abhor anything that is evil. Thy mercy, O Lord, reacheth unto the heavens, and thy faithfulness unto the clouds. Thy righteousness standeth like the strong mountains. Thy judgments are like the great deep. Thou, Lord, shalt save both man and beast. How excellent is thy mercy, O God! And the children of men shall put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be satisfied with the plenteousness of thy house, and thou shalt give them drink of thy pleasures as out of the river. For with thee is the well of life and in thy light shall we see light. O continue forth thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness unto them that are true of heart. O let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the ungodly cast me down. There are they fallen, all that work wickedness. They are cast down, and shall not be able to stand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 21st chapter of the book of Genesis. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, 
at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was one hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, so that all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her, and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a great make a nation of the woman of your of the son of your bondwoman, because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water, and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bowshot. And she said to herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, and I will make him a great nation. God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. And it came to pass that at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me, with my offspring, or with my posterity, but that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. Then Abraham reproved Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor had I heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs, which you have set by themselves? And he said, You will take these seven ewe lambs from, from my hand, that they may be my witness that I have dug this well. Therefore he called that place Beersheba, because, of, because the two of them swore an oath there. Thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. 
So Abimelech rose with Phicol, the commander of his army, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned in the land of the Philistines many days. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the third chapter of the book of First Corinthians. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are strife, or en envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers to whom you believe, just as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Here ends the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, 
to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, who for our sake did fast forty days and forty nights, give us grace to use such abstinence, that our flesh being subdued to the Spirit, we may ever obey thy godly motions in righteousness and true holiness, to thy honor and glory, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthy lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, and knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. 
This uh, <clears throat> chapter of Genesis, chapter 21, has a lot of sort of word plays and, and, and literary points hidden in it. The, 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 one of the principal ones is that Isaac is, is, means laughter, and Sarah says, you know, the people will laugh, it, presumably laugh with me, joyous laughter together. But the word when, when Ishmael, when Hagar um, sees um, this party being thrown when, when, when Isaac is weaned, uh, the translation I think says mocked, but it's the same word actually laughs. So it's a mocking laughter. So it's a play on the word that 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 Hagar and her son are, are mockingly laughing at this party because this party means that they've been really sort of supplanted from their place they had before because we remember that the whole enterprise of Ishmael's birth was uh, to provide an heir uh, for for Abraham to fulfill God's promise, and now he's not that heir anymore. And by the end of the story, all he gets is a loaf of bread and a jug and a and a you know and is sent off. So <clears throat> the laughter plays into it that way. The other thing that's that's played this in the story is interesting is Ishmael's never mentioned by name in this chapter. Um, he's the son of the of the woman, and uh, but. At the end of the chapter, when um, Hagar goes a bow shot away because Ishmael is going to be an archer and uh, doesn't want to see the the lad die, so it's it's not a he's a big so adolescent boy now. Um, God says, "I've heard the cry of Ishmael, and the name Ishmael means God hears." So his name is not mentioned, but God hears Ishmael, which is another sort of play on his name. So there's a lot of this in Genesis as one that kind of literary study that's is is throughout the Genesis narrative and it, and this is what makes it such rich literature. <clears throat> this story is used by St. Paul in Galatians chapter four as uh he calls it an allegory or a symbolic presentation of the gospel and and St. Paul turns it because in his in his telling in Galatians is that that the bondwoman Hagar represents first century Judaism in in Jerusalem that is in bondage to the law, like in and so the word slave woman plays in there. And in in what Saint Paul is, is saying is that as Abraham says uh, or, or Sarah says, cast out the bondwoman and the son and her son, because she'll he'll not be heir with with my son, the son of the free woman. So Saint Paul says. God casts out those who think they're going to be saved by obeying the, the law of Moses in a fleshly way. And in St. Paul's telling the, the free, the, the inheritors are those who accept the promises of God in Christ, who believe God the way Abraham believed God back in Genesis uh, 15. And that's the promise came through that. So salvation comes through faith. And we see in the whole you know, Isaac narrative, human beings, namely Abraham and Sarah, trying to fulfill God's will in a merely human way. And for this, for St. Paul, this represents trying to obey God's will by following the Torah and the tradition surrounding it. Because in St. Paul's explanation in Galatians, what the Torah really does is show us that we have sin to bring us to repentance, to realize that we can't keep the law, and that we put our faith in Jesus who saves us. 
Now, as we have talked about, the gift of the Spirit then we receive from Christ enables us to begin to love and keep the law as we should, albeit not perfectly. So the story is significant background for, for that story. Um, one other just brief connection to the New Testament lesson where there's these sort of um, petty squabblings in the Corinthian church. I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. You know, in other words, the, the supposedly pure first century church is really no different than the church of any age where we all prefer some people to other people and there's squabblings like that, which in a certain way, this sort of family quarrel over who's important, who's not important, you know, it somewhat mirrors the Genesis situation of the family squabble between Sarah, Hagar, and, and none of those things fulfill the will of God. <clears throat> we notice that despite all the human emotions that play out in Genesis, <clears throat> God is consistently faithful to his promise. Um, you know, Sarah reacts to Hagar, get rid of her, but God still hears and provides for Hagar. And so the point in Corinth, though, in the church, we can be squabbling and get little petty disputes going, get her nose bent out of joint. What St. Paul is saying, okay, none of that really matters ultimately. God's going to judge us on the basis of our faith and work. And so there's a foundation laid in Christ and we, with our gifts, build on that foundation, and our work will be tested. And if we allow our work to get distracted by, you know, what we think someone else is doing, or what we, what we really think, you know, what we what we think of someone else's work, or who we oppose, or who we're angry at, that's wood, hay, strubble, uh, straw. That's 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 going to burn up in the fire of judgment. But if we build on that foundation with good works and ministry and love, that's going to be revealed in the day. And so that's kind of what St. Paul's talking about there. So a few thoughts on the lessons. O oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, 
and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful 